0: We are back for another episode of I'm in Love With That Song. It's time to take another deep dive into one of my favorite songs. This time out, it's Flaming Youth by KISS. Hi, my name is Brad Page, and on this podcast, I pick a song from my library, and we'll listen to it together. Listening for the little details that make a song work, I'm not a music professor, so we don't get into the fine points of music theory here. That's not what this podcast is about. We're just going to shine a light on songs that I think are great. So this episode, we're going back to the very first band that I really loved, Kiss with Flaming Youth. We'll be right back after this message. Flaming Youth is the song that opens side two of Destroyer, the album that really brought Kiss to a much wider audience and is still one of their best selling records today. Released March 15, 1976, this album was recorded with the classic lineup of Kiss, and on this song, you've got Paul Stanley on lead vocals and guitar, Ace Fraley on guitar, Gene Simmons on bass, and Peter Criss on drums. But just as important as the four band members is producer Bob Ezrin, whose vision shaped the whole album, and his presence can be felt in every aspect of every song on this record. Paul, Gene, Ace, and Bob Ezrin all receive songwriting credits for Flaming Youth, and that's one of the things that interests me about the song. Bob Ezrin took different elements and song ideas that Paul, Ace, and Gene independently brought into the recording studio, and he stitched them together to make this song. Paul had part of a chorus idea. Ace had a good riff, but not much else around it. Gene had a song called Mad Dog, and Ezrin would take the main riff from that song and discard the rest. You add all those elements together, and you end up with an improbable combination that actually works. Back in 1973, KISS had played a show with an all-girl band called Flaming Youth, and that's where the song title came from. The song starts with an introduction that is CLASSIC KISS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whoa yeah is vintage Paul Stanley, and that whole intro is so good. Right out of the gate you've got some classic teenage anthem lyrics there my parents think I'm crazy they hate everything I'm into they think I'm lazy they don't understand me what teenager hasn't felt that way
1: man if they only knew How you
0: So one quick verse and we're right into the chorus. They don't waste any time. And playing along with the guitars is a calliope. You know, that circus organ sound? I can't think of too many hard rock bands that featured a calliope, but Kiss does it here. blaming
1: you, set the world on.
0: guitar riff is the one that came from the pre-existing song, Mad Dog, that Gene Simmons had brought in. Bob Ezrin didn't care much for the song, but he did like that riff, so they added it to this song. Let's take a minute and listen to the original riff as it appeared in its initial form in the Mad Dog demo. It's just a demo recording, so it is rough, and the tempo is much slower. But it's the same riff, and it's a good one, and Ezrin was smart to place it in this song. Let's go back to Flaming Youth and listen to the riff in its new context. Higher, higher, higher. A quick drum break and we're into the second verse. My When the vocals pause, there's a the sound of music rising and falling in the background. The way it swirls reminds me of the sound of a roller coaster rushing by. Along with the calliope, it enhances the underlying feeling of being at a carnival, but it also captures the crazy up-and-down emotions of being a teenager. Let's go back and listen to that again.
1: You, the world on
0: fire. That's the part right there. I'll skip it back, and we'll listen one more time. Now the song gets interesting in a couple of ways. Number one, there's an ongoing mystery over who actually played the guitar solo on this song. It's likely Ace Frehley. But it could also be Dick Wagner. Wagner is a brilliant guitarist, a real gunslinger, and a favorite go-to player for Bob Ezrin. Ezrin has used him many times over the years on various recordings. And Wagner played a number of guitar parts on this album, all uncredited. For at least one interview, Wagner said he was the one that played on this song, but in the most recent book on the subject, he seems to have backed off that claim. Either way, this solo is classic Ace Fraley, or it's Dick Wagner doing a spot-on impression of him. The second thing to note here is that KISS does something they almost never do. They play in an odd time signature. Virtually all KISS songs are in 4-4, but this section is in 7-4 time. Now, I always say that I don't get into technical musical discussions on this podcast, so for those of you who aren't musicians, just bear with me for a second. It'll all make sense. With most rock and pop songs, you've got four beats in a measure, meaning you can count to four before the beat cycles around and you're back at one again. That's true for the rest of this song, but during the guitar solo, there are seven beats in a measure. You have to count to seven before the beat cycles back around. This is really rare in rock and pop songs, and practically non-existent in KISS songs. But here it is. So count with me on this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. that when you're just listening to the song, but once you start counting it, it feels strange. We're back in normal 4-4 time here. The dynamics have gotten softer, and you can really hear that calliope up front. The guitars are coming back in and we're slowly building back up. Fire, you. Now check out the sound in the background. Fire. Classic Ace Fraley guitar licks tossed in at the end. And the song fades out over the repurposed Mad Dog guitar riff. When I was a young kid before high school, I really couldn't care less about music, just wasn't my thing. I was into comic books, big time, superheroes. But as soon as I discovered Kiss, that was it. They were the perfect transition from the world of comics to the world of rock and roll. For me and my friends at the time and thousands of kids like us, Kiss was a huge inspiration. Now say what you will about the band, and there's a lot to love and hate about them. I get it. But discovering KISS literally changed my life. From KISS, I went on to find so much amazing music, but they were the ones that opened the door for me. After KISS came, my love for guitars and songwriting and collecting albums and a lifetime of studying rock and roll. But it all started with a seed planted by this band. If you'd like to learn more specifically about the recording of the Destroyer album, Here's a book for you. It's called Shout It Out Loud, The Story of Kiss's Destroyer and the Making of an American Icon. It's by James Campion, and this book gives you so much insight into not just this particular record, but just in general the work that a record producer does and what recording engineers do and everything from creating the album artwork on. I can't recommend this book highly enough. And, you know, if it wasn't for Kiss, I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast. So thanks for joining me for this episode of I'm In Love With That Song. I'll be back again soon. In the meantime, send me email at lovethatsongpodcast at gmail.com or check the Facebook page for this podcast. And if you enjoy the show, please share it online with your friends, post a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this show come back again for another adventure in musicland now let's let the boys play us out with flaming youth by kiss oh, yeah. this is where you do your part by downloading streaming or buying the complete song from your favorite music source support the music you love
1: Stupid and I'm lazy man if they only knew How flaming you to set the world on fire flaming you It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football